Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm Margaret Cho. I'm here with my co-host. I'm Jim Short. We just did the greatest thing. We interviewed, oh God, somebody we love very much. A hero, right? An icon. A hero. An iconic hero. Iconic hero. We interviewed Billy Bragg at his soundcheck. And so you're going to hear a little bit of stuff in the background. But that's what happens in rock and roll. When you're backstage. Up in the dressing room. Yeah. While the kettle's boiling. So this might get a little loud. Enjoy. Right. Keep change. Keep change as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. Where's he going now? <laughs> can I give you to talk a little bit? Yeah, about Elvis or just generally about life? You can talk. Uh, we are so in awe of Oh, come on. Mate. Have no, a cup of tea. No rubbish. No, I'll definitely have a cup of tea. But, um, yeah, I'm good. A bit of a... I'm here with my level. Sorry, I'll switch this off. Towards... Brillig and the Slivy Toves did Guyer and Gimble in the Wave, all Mimsy with the Bodgoroves and the Moan Rath's Outgrave. Beware the Jabberwock, my son, the teeth that bite, the teeth that... Yeah, beware the Jub-Jub bird, the Frumious Bandersnatch. You didn't know we knew all the Anglo-Saxon, did you? Oh, my God, Never mind the Hobbit. That's incredible. Yeah, the Jabberwocky. Mimsy. Mimsy was the time of, of the afternoon mm. where it's starting to get dark. Mm. You have to but only one word in the, the English language from Jabberwocky. Do you know what it was? Chortled. Chortled? Yeah, oh, before yeah. it, there, yeah, there yeah. was no word chortled. It was only after uh, Lewis Carroll had written um, the uh, written uh, uh, the, the, through the looking glass that chortled. Of all those words you made up, chortled. That's the one. And it's still, yeah. Yeah. You now, especially as comedians, we yeah, hear yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Well, it's a website. You hear a chortle. That's a website. It's a website in, 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 in the UK. Chortle.com UK or get .co UK. Yeah, yeah. Chortled. It's where everybody gets the Edinburgh Fringe reviews. Ah. And they're all looking at what Chortling. they did. Chortling. Yeah. Well, it's a word from that Lewis Carroll made up. Ah. In a, a, a poem that was was Humpty Dumpty says it or is it the I think somebody chortled in his joy. Yeah, I think, um, I'm I trying think, to remember who said it, but he somebody chortled in his. Yeah, costume. it was because um, the the, the original is so much different from the Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's such flights of fancy. Is it a school? No, no, it was something that my son really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, three, four, when I was going up, I used to read it to him. One, two, three. And uh, when he went to school, uh, he knew I had mints in the car, and he could have a mint. But only if you could recite the whole Jabberwocky. <laughs> Within a week, he'd learned it. So wow. then we used to sing it together. We used to say it together. And now I always use it as a sound check for level. Oh, really? That old, babe, that old BBC thing, what did you have for breakfast? It's so lame. So instead, I'll just give him a bit of uh, Lewis Carroll. That's it is best. beautiful. And some it. people know it. Some people join in, as you did just there. Other people are like, what was that? So oh, it's something from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting this level right. Sure, here we are again. We're this still is, here. Is, uh, oh, Frab just a Kalu Kalei. He chortled in his he joy. That's where it comes joy, from. But yeah. uh, who says it? The, the son, father. Right? The, the father. father of the son. Yeah, the son. The son has. Beware the Jabberwock, my son. It's to his son, isn't it? And his yeah. son goes off, and uh, and uh, the the Jabberwock with eyes of flame comes, some whiffling through the toggy wood and burbled as he came. That's it. One two one two <laughs> through and through the vorpal sword went snicker snack. He left it dead, and with its head he came galumphing back. And then the father says, Hast thou killed the Jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. Oh, frabs your stay, chalu chalay. He chortled in That's right. That's it's how right. It okay. Although when we recite it, we always do the first warning verse as well. It makes a great country song. You can it would it. be. Yeah. Like a Johnny Cash song. Oh, yeah. 
Twas brillig and the slithy toves Did gyre and gimble in the way Brillig. That was a time of day when you have your tea. Brillig. That's right. Mimsy. Brillig. Was it brillig? No, brillig is, is bright. Okay. Brillig is bright, I think. If, you, if you're trying to get some sense into the whole thing. Well, well he, he put... Because uh, I, I, I did a paper on him when I was in college oh, right. a long, long time ago. And he had some meaning did to he? some of those words. There's an annotated yeah. uh, uh, through the looking glass, which is worth reading. Anyway. Well, I think it we're puts good. all the context of the lion and the unicorn and Gladstone and all that stuff. Yeah. This might be a British Empire thing, Margaret. It may be. I guess so. It may be sort of... I, no, I, once you became independent, you didn't have to deal with all the... I know. All the weird... Victorians. Hey, Margaret, would you say something? Yes. Well, we never got that. We never got anything in school, though. I mean, Americans try to gloss everything over. We never got Japanese internment. No, of course not. We barely got slavery. Why would you get that? Why would you get Japanese internment? Well, they just kind of glossed over it. You know, I mean, there are people still alive who that happened to. Yeah. How could they admit that? I'll tell you what, though. My uh, manager's uh, wife, who's sadly no longer with us, as a child, was interned by the Canadian government. Well, Mm. the British government, really. Mm. Had a family in Vancouver. Her father was Japanese. Her mother was Japanese. She was born in Canada. They had a business in, in Vancouver as many Japanese people did they were uh, taken away sent out to the prairies uh, all their property was taken away from them when the war ended they were couldn't come back to the coast they, had to, they ended up living in Montreal mm-hmm. and it, it more or less so she told me more or less killed her father losing everything mm-hmm. but, but sometime in the 1990s she got a letter from the Canadian government apologising and offering no conversation money Mm. To accept, it's mm-hmm. not obviously nothing. And I read the letter. I remember I was in the office when it arrived. Yeah, we know nothing can change what happened. Right. But we offer our profuse apologies for mm. that. It was completely, mm. you know, unnecessary and completely uh, uh, the wrong thing to do. And I thought, well, that's that's a start, isn't it? It's a start. You know. I mean, it's a start, but it's also kind of like it's one of those things that when you're reminded of it, it also brings quite a lot of shame yeah you know like when you mm. as an asian american i'm yeah. korean american and there's a lot of problems between koreans and japanese yeah, yeah, too yeah, of course yeah but you know when you think about that you know when i think asians really try to like not talk about genocide yeah. <laughs> not you know yeah. we don't want it, it's those that fact that it happened brings you lose face yeah, yeah, by yeah. the fact that it happened of course yeah yeah see we in the british empire we just sort of like have a stiff upper lip we don't lose face we keep our lip stiff and upper and uh, <laughs> that way we don't have to deal with it we don't have to show any emotions and uh, uh, it's the same shit just a different day I think <laughs> you keep your face up you keep your face <laughs> up yeah, sure you keep your lip up anyway the rest you of your face can go where it likes as long as your lip is <laughs> as long as your lip stiff, doesn't move stiff doesn't and waver. Stiffen up, are you okay? You're allowed to get away with it. That's a lovely creak you have on that chair, mate. I, I think that might have been my back. Was mate. it? Okay. <laughs> anyway. Is I, it, is I, it, have we been taping? We have. I've just been doing a sound level. That's I think right. we're ready to go. Okay. I just want to make sure. Uh, now, that, we'll um, do all the intro stuff later. So, but, yeah. you know, we'll just dive in and, sure, you know, sure. we are here with Billy Bragg. This is the most exciting moment of my fucking entire life. <laughs> I can't even talk right now, Jim. But you have a great new album, Tooth and Nail. Yeah. We love it so Thank much. Thank you very much. And um, you recorded that here in California. I did in South Pasadena, a house where uh, that was bought by uh, the American people for the widow of President Garfield after mm. he was assassinated. Oh my goodness! In South Pasadena, so it's not a big house. It's a sort of standard, sort of like you know, uh, sort of townhouse, um, nice big front porch. You know, it's large. It's not small. It's large, but it's not massive by any standards. But it has a big basement because it's built into the side of a hill or a rise. And consequently, in that basement, Joe Henry makes great music, and mm-hmm. he invited me there to do an album with him, and it's fantastic. and uh, uh, we did it in five days, which is absolutely amazing. Amazing, amazing. So you just came, you had all the songs written already? No, 
I had after songs written. I mean, I needed to kickstart the process of making a new record. And, you know, I, I'm not one of those, I'm pretty bad at my homework. So if, if I don't have to finish a song, I won't finish it. I'll leave it in bits mm. with the glue all over it. So it was only when, <laughs> because I sort of self-financed this record. It was only when I said right. to Joe, A, I'm coming, B, I'm booking the tickets, and C, here's the money up front, that mm. it was like, I've early better do this. <laughs> so yeah. I had some songs, but, so, you know, I also had a lot of ideas. I mean, one of the songs I wrote on the taxi on the way to the airport, mm. another one I wrote in Joe's basement at the end of the last day of the session, uh, another one I wrote while I was sitting in a hotel in uh, Pasadena waiting for it to all start acclimatising. So, mm. you know, it kind of... It, it, once you get into the zone, I find I, it, it, my intuition tunes in and I, and I become quite focused and, and my creativity comes through that because I'm not, a, I'm not someone who writes songs all the time. You had some leftover... Not some leftover, but Goodbye was actually on a single... It wasn't a, quite. A, a demo yeah, version, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, Goodbye Goodbye came at the v very end of the last record. And I tagged it on as track 13. And the three people that I played it to thought it was my admission that I was retiring. So I thought, right. well, I'm not putting that out. I've got to think about that. You know. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, you know, as it's brand new, uh, let's leave it till the next record. So I kind of let that go. And then there was a couple of them were written for a play that I did the music for right. called Pressure Drop, which we'd recorded before as well. Um, and... Uh, then um, there was uh, one was a Woody Guthrie song I've been playing for a while, so you know it's three or four sort of in the bag. We knocked off. I wrote two with Joe while we were at his house. Yeah. But the actual sound at his house and how it all came together was that was the special thing for me. Yeah. Did you go out and like workshop them anywhere? Like here around here? Did you go to Largo? Like I know you went to Largo last night. I did go to Largo last night. No, not really. I mean, I, I tend to workshop stuff in sound checks. Right. Right. See if it works. Yeah. Which is what we're hearing now in the background, by the way. It's a small which is nice. Sound check. Nice bit of sound is, check. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Wait till he starts playing his bass drum. <laughs> you might not think it's so nice, but yeah, I don't. I kind of um, play them in sound checks and try and get hold of them, you know, until I can play them convincingly. Because obviously, like like telling a joke, a, a song is a lot about timing. Right. And you have to sort of like knock the knock the the bird edges off of a song before you can play it to people. But once you start playing it to people, you you understand whether they get it or not. You know. Well, that's what I always love that that emotion that you are when you're playing. You are so you are really an actor. Also. That's true. I am. I'm in that character of whatever that character is, and sometimes it's me. Right. But it's still I'm still telling the story. You know. In some ways, I, I think I have more in common with. Um, a kind of music hall, what we call music hall, which I think you right. refer to as... Vaudeville. Vaudeville, thank you. I was going to say burlesque, that's something different, isn't it? <laughs> vaudeville, and where there's someone on stage kind of telling a story and it's partly humorous and it's partly sentimental and it's partly emotional and I've just added to that mix a, a political undercurrent. But, the, but the, the entertainment side is the most important side to me. I want to entertain people. Right. And I want to give them politics in an entertaining way, not hammer them over the head with it, but just, you know, get in there with it. So... You know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do when I'm, I'm live. But I'm fundamentally a live, live artist. I'm not great you're beautiful. In, the, in the studio. No, you're beautiful. No, in the studio I'm not. Live I'm good, but in the studio I'm a bit so-so. Is, you know? is it sort of clinical sometimes in the studio, though, and it really comes alive just on boring. stage? It's just boring in the just studio. Boring. Going over the same shit over and over again. <laughs> and because, I, um, you know, because I'm a solo performer, I have to make every flipping decision. You know, what's right. next? What are we going to do next? What song are we going to do? Who's going to play what? When are we going to have a tea break? What cookies are we going to have? Mm -hmm. Which side should I butter my bread? <laughs> With Joe Henry, he did the opposite. You know, he didn't let me bring a guitar. 
you maybe sing all the songs live rather than have a practice vocal which I come back later and sort out so it was a completely new experience for me which I really enjoyed and and like even the look like the new material the beard is great yeah because when I first saw the picture I thought he looks like folky Ben Kenobi I'll, t- I'll take that. You I know, like that. I, I like that, right? I might get it's a tattoo like, with it's that. Like, he's like, he's in, he's in the cave. He's put down the yeah. lightsaber and he picked yeah. up the guitar. That's right. He's picked up his Gibson ES125. You're like, you're like the in between you and McGregor and Alec Guinness for me. That, wow. Well, that's a great place to be. Yeah. That is a great. In, place in all to kinds be. of metaphorical yeah. and, and literal senses as well. Wow. But then, then I think, does Billy Bragg watch Star Wars? Is that too? Well, of course I'm. Is that too frivolous for Billy Bragg? Of course I'm cognizant with <laughs> it. I, I just pictured like I can't be worried better, about the fascism in, be, a, in yeah. a galaxy far, far away. No, no, there's a galaxy no. in front of me with better racism be, and fascism and inequality. Obi Wan Kenobi than Gandalf in my in my <laughs> book. I'd much rather have a kind of souped-up American version of the future rather than a pony English version of the past that never exists. <laughs> Did you see that on uh, Kickstarter? Someone's trying to build a Death Star. Yes. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes. Incredible, isn't it? I've also heard that another bunch of people have started to raise money to build X-Fighters just in case <laughs> they succeed. That's, oh isn't that great? It's great. That's I mean, it. Good old Kickstarter. You, all your dreams can come to life on Kickstarter. Possibly. Yes. You've got to, you've or your got, childhood. You got to get the you got to get the model first. You got to get the bits first. <laughs> I think we should do a Kickstarter to to, to uh, um, um, Jurassic Park up our Jabberwock. That would be great, wouldn't it? I would love to jabberwock up a Jurassic Park. Which way? We're not so the other way around. Yeah. Whichever way it came out. Kalu Kalai. All I can say to that is Kalu Kalai. <laughs> but that we were talking yesterday because we are massive fans and, and we've been so excited about that. But we Margaret was bringing up about the the sort of something that spurred this off was a tweet about you being the Sherpa of heartbreak, which is such a fantastic, isn't it? I mean, I've always been I've always been someone who. Um, collects honorific titles they call me in England the bard of barking right mm, mm-hmm. you know bard from the betting shop mm. bard from the pubs <laughs> bard from the football ground um, mm-hmm. they they I'm also obviously I'm also the milkman of human kindness right yes, I'm course. Mr. Love and Justice yes I am the Saturday boy so <laughs> you're all of them I am all those yeah so um, becoming the uh, the Sherpa of heartbreak the idea that um Someone could. Um, I love it when he plays that horn and the drum at the same time. It blows my I know, mind. right? Um, That's musicianship, right there. <laughs> That's a one-man clash, right there. It's a clash of some sort. Um, the the Sherpa of heartbreak. It was nice because the tweet actually said that um, it was a, it was a woman saying that she was getting over a breakup by listening to Billy Bragg, the Sherpa of heartbreak, and because she put my name in it, it popped up in my thread. You right. know, and I thought, wow, yeah, I am the Sherpa of heartbreak too. That is a role I play, and I forget that sometimes. And I need to get back into that role a bit more because people need that as much as they need shouting from the barricades. Well, I told Margaret, you're my Tenzing Norgay of melancholy. I can do that. (laughs) I can do that. It's the same thing. It's It's just different words. It is. It is. I can sort of, uh, I can get you up and over the hill of melancholy (laughs) and down the other side into the the lush valley of of happiness. What we love about you and what I've loved about you for years is the the humour. Like mm-hmm. just such amazing lyrics and there's such wit in them. But when you perform on stage, um, you're funnier than some stand-up comedians. Really? That I, yes, I know. It's true. That so is, fast. It's, so fast. Well, <clears throat> I do have a patter. You know, I do have a way of getting people in. You know, tonight I'll be. You know, I know in front of certain songs I'll be talking about certain things. Some days I just pick stuff up. Right. You know, something's happened that day and I, I've got a, a, a slightly off take on it. You know, I was down in. Um, South by Southwest when the Pope was elected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, uh, uh, Rick Perry 
you know, yeah, famously yeah, yeah, made a dreadful <laughs> one candidate for president, and yeah. I and I got into a whole spiel about him running for pope, you know, right. uh, and <laughs> what it would be like, and you know, the, the great thing would he would have to go and live in Rome, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah, and I was just, you know, I was just riffing on it, but the fact that you do that, I think the people come along expecting it because the um, uh, USP is politics. They people expected to be a bit po face. They expected to be Ralph Nader with a guitar. <laughs> God forbid. I, I would actually pay to see that. God forbid. <laughs> it would be anything like that. So when it's actually, you know, and the humour is self-effacing as well a lot. I mean, That's I'm basically softening them up for the heavy stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll you know, I, and some nights I just get on a riff and I go like like a comedian would. Yeah. But if you took my guitar away, I couldn't do a comedy stand. I couldn't do stand-up. I couldn't do it. I don't it's know. Like, it, that, that gives you the, it, the strength I don't know what it, it is. Right? I don't know what it is, but I couldn't just stand there and, and, and just... Do a, do a routine. It's something to do with the context and me. And um, I guess I think what it is, it's fucking with the idea of being Billy Bragg. Right. That's what I do, you know. Um, you know, and, and that, when you do that, when you, when, one of the things I never really liked about Oasis is, is that there was no sense of knowing in what they did. They didn't let you know that they knew how stupid it was what they were doing. So the implication there was that they really took it all seriously, which is ridiculous when you think about it. Exactly. Lyrics, you know? exactly. I like a band which has a sense of, you know, like Robin Hitchcock. Last time I played yeah. it was with Hitchcock. Yes. You know? mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it, he gives me a great sense of knowing, a great comfort that what he's doing is out there and there are flashes of incredible originality in his thought, but they're surrounded by a fabulous cheesecake of joke and, and, and right. old mm -hmm. sort of old English absurdity. Yeah. And and through that absurdity, like Alice in Wonderland, comes the moment of clarity. Yeah. You know, uh, the the cherry of clarity on top of the cheesecake of absurdity. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if I may, if I if I may, and and that that's what I want from an artist. So if I can do a little bit of that, if I, people come up to me afterwards and say, you know, I had a real laugh tonight. It was really funny. I'm happy. If they come up to me and say, you made me cry, Bill. You played that song. It made me cry. I say good, because I've come a bloody long way. And to come all yeah. this way and not to get something from you, I would have been disappointed, you know? So you, yeah, you give it all. Yeah. That's the, the beauty of it. But I know what you mean, because y y there's such a great humorous side to you. Yeah. And I don't think of you as dour or po-faced no. at all. But I do think also, like I said before, I don't see any frivolousness to you. Like, no. I couldn't picture you at the beach in a, in a reclined chair. No, and I'm sure you've been to the beach. I do occasionally, but I'm not very <laughs> Playing good. Playing golf, I'm, for the guy, sake. I'm, I'm the guy under the thing reading a book about <laughs> not the hobbit uh, about something else you know I'm, I'm not good on holidays I'm, but but you know the great thing is every night you know you come and do a gig and you talk to people at the venue you speak to people afterwards you learn shit mm. and that feeds into what you're talking about you know yeah. you sort of like somebody we were at Ute uh, when we were at South by you know um, they were talking about we were our hotel was right by University of Texas and they had this great they've got a great football team they're called the Longhorns yeah. and everyone's going on about it you know and at the same time we were there the Mars Rover whatever it's called uh, Curiosity uh, there was, I read on the front page of the Austin Chronicle that the Mars Rover had found signs of simple life right that there was once simple life on Mars you know so <laughs> it didn't take me two bits to put those two together and say and tell an audience that they had uncovered a uh, University of Texas Longhorns football shirt on Mars and that's how they knew <laughs> it's just little things like that they'll, they'll do two things right they do two things they make the audience laugh but they also let the audience know that you know that you're in Austin Texas right right and you're it not just so you're not just you know it makes it yeah. yeah it's like I'm in your town 
this is what I've seen, you know, and I'm, and and that that context really helps, I think. Yeah, like also when you change, I often like you find you sometimes change lyrics to just fit the situation. Or I try to, yeah, yeah. I try to update if I can squeeze a line in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will if it comes to me in the moment. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'll do that. If you've got a blacklist, I want to be on it. Yeah. If you've got a guest list, we thought if you've got a podcast, I want podcast to be on it. Podcast is good. Website, I've been seeing for a while. Good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tattoo, I sometimes say. <laughs> I want to be on it. If I've only just gone back, now I've got a band to sing in the original lyrics of Greatly Full because people get so disappointed when I start it off and they want to join in and actually they, they don't can't understand it worse because I've got a completely, there's a whole different version which, right, you know, right. is sort of like, some of it's about British politics but, you know, some of it's, a, you know, there's, there's completely different arguments and completely different payoff lines. Here he goes. You might want to, you might want to stop for five minutes while he does this. You, you, can we take a break for a I second? Like, I, I, like, I mean, I don't mind. We can just keep it, keep it on. It might, it, might, it might come through, I don't know. Do you want to take a break for a second and have a cup of tea? We can leave it running we can and just, just leave sort it running. Of, okay. Just leave it running, but what, whatever's best for you, mate. We we're just so thrilled. You were to be so here. thrilled to be here, and we have plenty. So, but you know, we you know we don't want to take up because you got to do a show tonight. So we don't want to fucking you know. I've got to go to Amoeba Records. You got to go to Amoeba Records. Show, yeah. We should pop over there. You know that special, that precious time between like five o'clock yeah. and like eight o'clock is like that. It's to good. me, it's like golden. You kind of need also, that. And um, also, I have an imaginary dog. I take for a walk. Oh, it's really nice. Yeah. And um, I, we must have, I must have walked about four or five miles in Phoenix. So I walked right up to Roosevelt. Roosevelt Street, found the second-hand stores, found an old record shop. Oh, that's great. It was nice. And because it was so hot, I, every four or five blocks, I had to go into a shop of some sort. So I, I saw a lot of... You know, I've never been to Phoenix, so... That, the heat helps uh, yeah. uh, their economy out there. Yeah, I bet, yeah, yeah. Because you just yeah. pop in to buy something in the, in the cool. Yeah, I've got a, a lovely floppy hat and some uh, paper ankies. <laughs> He's really going for it now. He's like really, really on it. But he's great. But it's His great. name's Kim Churchill, by the way. He's from Australia. That's awesome. Are you, right. going to, are you touring in Australia now, after this? Uh, no. After this, I've got a bit of UK, then a bit of Europe, then another bit of UK, and maybe Australia next year. Because they got so many fans all over the world. You yeah. have so many fans all over well, the world. Well, great. The Australian fans were great last year I was out there um, and did um, a tour, and we had to add... I mean, we had a sold-out tour, and we had to have five shows on top of that. And the Australian fans more or less paid for me a beer. You know, if I yeah. if they gave me the, the the option to tour with a band and have a bus, I would. I didn't have that before. They kind of that tour, the support I got from Australian fans, yeah. gave me a war chest to be able to come and do this. So I just done a message for them to say, firstly, thank you very much, and secondly, as soon as I can get this band over to Australia, I will. You might yeah. be the one pommy bloke that we like. Yeah, it's more than that. <laughs> They're so good to me over there. And I'd been for about six years and done yeah. a proper tour, and they just yeah. were so into it. And I was playing Mermaid Avenue songs as well, which oh, yeah. they loved that over there too. We love it too. Yeah, well, thank you. We love it all. I love the, the, the little, hearing a little bit of Tank Park Salute. Oh, yeah, that's in tonight, yeah. I That song, yeah. it's like a place where songwriters never go. I've never heard well, anything that's like why, that. That's why it's a very important song in my set. Such an important song. I mean, for everyone, it is yeah. so painful. It's so painful. It is. It is. And it. And it I mean, we were. Owen is my new keyboard player, and uh, he's. This is the first time he's done any shows with me. And um, at the gig in um, Phoenix, we were in a bar. And during the song before, uh, people were talking at the bar, and then we came to play Tank Park Salute, just me and him. And he thought to himself, "Uh oh, this is gonna. This is not gonna work." They're just going to talk through it. As soon as they heard the piano intro, mm-hmm. it's like right. a penny drop. The whole mm-hmm. thing came to a stop. And uh, 
Owen said to me after, you know, it's almost creepy. I said, well, you know, that piano riff, mate, when you play that piano riff, it hits that spot for them. And it just gets them. No, and it's your words. It's your, those lyrics that leave the light on at the top of the stairs. Yeah. You know, those, those I know, feelings. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I can remember the very first time I played it on a tour in America, and I, played, I was practicing it in a sound check with Cara. We were trying to get it right. I must have played it about four or five times. And at the end of it, the sound man who I'd never met before, who was the venue sound man, came over and said to me, how did you know about the light at the top of the stairs? And I thought to myself, okay, well, this song obviously works. So, you know, even yeah. a sound so man great, yeah. who doesn't normally pay attention to shit has touched him, it'll definitely get everybody else in it. Right, right. Yeah. So that's always good. But it's all the different all the different songs that you write, they're, they are so important to so many people. Well, they do connect with people in a, in a, in a positive way, and I'm hoping the new stuff will do the same because, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's come from a place of reflection, you know? A lot of love songs. Yeah. A lot well, of love songs. The, the thing is, the last few years I've been putting out the... Um, political songs for a free download so I've been using them up you know I've been putting yeah. them on the website five mm -hmm. since the last album so when I came to look at uh, a new record it was mostly uh, emotional songs yeah yeah and that's what I love I, I, I always think of you as the amorous anarchist oh I like the sound of that <laughs> yeah the amorous anarchist I may get a t-shirt with that that's good that's great I like that I prefer that to the Sherpa Tenzing of melancholy there's too many <laughs> syllables Amorous activist. Amorous activist. Is that what you said? A amorous anarchist. That's what you said. You said anarchist, didn't yeah. you? You said activist, though, didn't you? Amorous yeah. activist. It could be either or. Either yeah. one. I, I, I'm, amorous anarchist is good. Yeah. Yeah, that does. It has the, the better consonants. Yeah. I could have a late night show, couldn't I? The amorous the anarchist. anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> and you could do recipes. Yes. But yes. The, from the anarchist cookbook. <laughs> the amorous don't, anarchist. Just don't put them in the oven. <laughs> it doesn't get better. You've overdone that, that flambe a bit there, mate. <laughs> it's so it's so great to talk to you. I can't even well, tell that's you. That's cool, Margaret. It's we really are nice such to talk fans. to you too. We love you so much. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you could come down. I'm so happy that you let us come back. No, here. it's great. I mean, as soon as uh, uh, Jason was saying that you wanted to come down, I thought, what a great thing to do. It's so marvelous. I mean, you're really one of my true heroes. Your well, politics thank you very and your, much. your heart and your love well, and your talent, your music, musicianship, everything. I appreciate you taking the opportunity to let me uh, get on your podcast and, and we love the you word. so much. And everybody, the new album is Tooth and Nail. They can get it. Um, they can get it everywhere. Can't everywhere. They? It's on Amazon. You can get it's on it your everywhere. website. What it, is your website? If you stop at a petrol station, it comes out the pump. Yes. <laughs> Just press it. It's like gas. Everywhere. It's everywhere. You can get. It's like measles. It's like <laughs> the scrofula. It's like the, the black debt. No, sorry, I'm going a bit too far. That's sorry. <laughs> My you. website, it's www.billybragg.co.uk. And I um, I recommend the album. It's awesome. It is indeed. It's absolutely awesome. 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 And then also, I just love, I love, you know, all the, I like to go back and watch you on Top of the Pops. Yeah, those were the days when I was on, when there was a Top of the Pops to be on. Yeah, it's funny. Um, the uh, Guardian wrote a profile piece of me this week and they had a, a 12 pictures of my over 30 years of career. Some of their haircuts were just so... <laughs> oh, you're always beautiful. Always beautiful. <laughs> what do you mean? Always beautiful. They were so bad. No. What can you do? Oh, I read that article with uh, Phil Jupitus is a friend of mine. Oh, Phil, so, what a great guy. He's wonderful. Hopefully, he loves you. Uh, yeah, he's... Well, he's, you know, he's been a good friend for a long time, you know. A long, long time, Phil. We and I'm so glad he's back um, performing again. Yeah. Now it's really great to see him back performing because I've always felt a great affinity with the comedians. You know, there's a lot of great. You know, we have a lot of comedians who are like yourself who are willing to address issues mm -hmm. at home. You know, it's not all sort of shiny floor shows. There still is a role for 
satire. There's still for role for you know using comedy to speak truth to power. That's a that's a heady mix if you can do it if you can bring it off. And now particularly now. Uh, we very much need that. So much. You know, we and we really need you. Do. We hey, need you. I'm just a song and dance man. You, you have know. anything to say now? This is like the last. This is this. Is, this like is it. Are you going to stand up and sing now? Here I, we go. <laughs> right, I'm gonna, now yeah, the drums in. Yeah. Now that the drums kick on, in. Man. I, have to, what is, I have to just say, um, first off, a, a massive treat to even just get to chat with you. But uh, in the scheme of the world, do you think now that somebody's brought Damon Albarn and Noel Gallagher together, there's hope for the Middle East? <laughs> well, no. I think if you if you really if you really wanted to solve everything in the Middle East, you have to bring me and Mark E. Smith together in the same room. Oh. Oh. Ooh, you know, trouble there, eh? That that will be matter and anti-matter. <laughs> Cynicism and anti-cynicism. <laughs> Me and Smith. See what happens. What would out? It would be a terrible, horrible sort of melange, out of which there would be, would grow a kind of lizard king Morrissey, <laughs> who won't put his privates away. Is that, too, is that too much? Have I gone over the top? No, 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 no. That's brilliant. It's a family that's brilliant. podcast. No, no, no. no. It's, right, a, it's a bunch of dirty not. fuckers. It's every family. We're such dirty fuckers. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Now we're, yeah. get, now we're getting the amorist that's anarchist. Yeah. Amorist right. anarchist. And the Lizard King Morrissey. <laughs> both together. <laughs> Lizard King Morrissey is so great. That's like brilliant. A, like a leather... Cl- First oh. off, there'd, no, be, there'd be no... No, scaly. Scaly. Morrissey takes off his shirt and it's all scaly. Whoa. Oh, my God. Half man, half velociraptor. Why? I don't know why I'm picking on Morrissey. Why? Why? I was just trying to think of a because he's from Manchester. That's right. Yes. They like Smithy. That's why he came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like. It's born, so dramatic. That's it's why music. he has no belly button. He was born in an egg. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. That's so perfect. Is that thunder? I can and, hear? and that was the last uh, uh, milk and dairy that he was near. The milk, dairy, and eggs of that food group. That was it. That was Bitch it. was done with that. The bitch was that over. was true. That made her vegan. It's so <laughs> over. That's when he went vegan. Yeah. The bitch was vegan after that That's moment. That's right. And uh, on that timely note, <laughs> I feel you. we have grossed out ourselves and our audience. And uh, complaints on a postcard, please, to <laughs> Margaret, not me. Yeah. I'm just sitting here, okay? Just, we love you. I'm Billy just killing Bragg. my time here. Doing, killing my career, killing my time. Hey. We love the new album, Tooth Thank and you. Nail. Go get it. At Billy Bragg, they can tweet you. They can. They, at Billy Bragg, I'm there at the far end of their tweets. Any uh, complaints, arguments, suggestions, uh, fashion tips, I'm there for it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for coming in. We love you. Thank you, mate. Thanks, man.